Today's episode of the Eurovision for Real podcast was previously recorded for video, so you can watch at youtube.com backslash Alicia Michelle or sit back and listen to the show. It's Alicia Michelle. I'm so excited today because yet again, I am not alone and I am being joined by one of the contestants for Germany's national selection this year. And Unserlied for Liverpool, that's that's what I'm going with. That's what I'm going with. It's Patty Gertie. How are you feeling today? Hey, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm feeling very good today. Thank you. I hope you too. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling good and honestly, I'm feeling better cuz basically I'm starting my day off with this conversation, you know, time right. difference and everything. So this oh, is what the time start. Is it? it is 9 a.m. I I'm kicking oh, off my no. day my day strong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I have to ask like, you know, Germany, I've heard, you know, really has a, a little bit of excitement for Eurovision. Unlike some of the other countries in Europe, Germany really is like, yes, like Eurovision, like we love this. We so, we're so excited. So like now you're participating in the national selection. You know, did you dream of this as a child of like maybe possibly having the opportunity to represent Germany at Eurovision? Well, first of all, I don't know which artist doesn't dream about playing on the biggest stage for music. It's a very big thing. Come and on. Then, uh, <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> and then, of course, um, I don't know if you remember that, but Eurovision once came to Düsseldorf, to my hometown, home city. <laughs> so uh, I was about, I don't know, 12, 13 or so when basically around the corner, Eurovision happened. And then I remember, you know, going into school the next day, all the blackboards were full of writings. 12 points, Germany, Lena, we love you. <laughs> so, yeah. It was always a big thing. <laughs> well, I I love that because, you know, I obviously take Eurovision so seriously. You know, I do. Seriously, in a, in a fun way still. But mm -hmm. I, I, I love the song contest and I, I couldn't imagine having something parallel to that in the United States. I think it would be so cool to really have that and, and this long history. But I, I want to take it back a little bit because you, you took us back to 2010 but now I well, you know, with Lena winning to a certain degree, bringing um, bringing your vision to German soil, I guess. But can you remember maybe like your first ever performance, like your first time performing live in front of a crowd? Oh my God! To be honest, as a very small child already, I sang in you know like uh, in church at Christmas and <laughs> stuff like that. So. I'm not sure if I can remember the first one because that started pretty early. <laughs> well, I love that. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that because my first performance, I mean, I'm not famous. I'm not, I'm not on your level, but my first performance was at church at midnight mass. I remember that. And I remember like wow. we were like sleeping. So it was me and another like little boy. And so we were like in the choir pit sleeping because it was midnight mass. And then like being <laughs> woken up, like, okay, it's time for you to go on and sleep. <laughs> okay, but you know what? I remember my first uh, gig with my very first 
rock band, which I started when I was like 10 or so. I was a singer in a rock band. And that was, I remember um, we, we performed the song Knocking on Heaven's Door and everybody went like this. And it was a big success for us because the whole crowd was with us. <laughs> Oh, I love I, I love that. I love that. Um, so I, I would say, so now you're throwing your hat in the ring to represent Germany at Eurovision this year. How did you find out about the national selection? Were you asked? Did you apply? What was that process like? Uh, no, so I wasn't asked. And I maybe have to add that I'm an independent artist so i do not have any big labels behind me yet all i have is my youtube channel that i started 2016 and just by accident some of my videos went went viral because nobody knew about this weird instrument i'm playing which is called a hurdy-gurdy by the way (laughs) so that was a new thing on uh on youtube and uh yeah i just applied the normal way actually two ways this year one was the uh, TikTok application where you were just supposed to uh, post uh, like basically the chorus of your song on TikTok with the hashtag Liverpool. and then the other way was the normal um, application through their website where you just fill in a couple of questions who are you why do you want to be here <laughs> stuff like that um, Oh yeah, and then they invited me to come sing so they could check on me if I can actually sing or if it's just all autotune. <laughs> and then they were like, uh, yeah, okay, uh, see you soon. <laughs> so I, one thing I've noticed in following Eurovision all of these years is that some music scenes uh, in certain countries are actually kind of small and people know each other. Did you know any of uh, the folks that are going to be competing at Unserlied? And and if you didn't, like, are you are you kind of excited? Have you all met at all? Uh, just curious about that. Uh, yes, I knew Lord of the Lost because, as I told you, like I started uh, singing in rock bands and metal bands a long time ago, and um, I, you know. Like, I don't know. I, I love too many genres, but metal for sure is one of my favorite genres. So I know the whole scene. I've been around for a while and I don't know them personally yet, but I knew Lord of the Lost because they're quite big in their gothic rock, whatever they're doing, <laughs> mixture. So uh, yeah, I can't wait to meet them personally, like in person, finally. Yeah. Yeah, Lord of the Lost is definitely bringing us something interesting. They have um, style. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I have to say, I think the whole selection for Germany, I mean, Germany has tons of options this year. And I do think your entry really does stand out even in the pack. And so I'm sure you have explained this numerous times. So I'm sorry to probably ask you again. But you got to talk to me about the hurdy-gurdy, okay? (laughs) What is, like, we got to talk about the hurdy-gurdy, okay? (laughs) Okay, no problem. I have it right here. This is what it looks like. So, um, just to explain from the beginning, my name is Patty Gurdy. Patty being my nickname and Gurdy being the name of my instrument, which has its roots in the medieval times. So, it is a... uh, I could say a typical German folk instrument, but of course it was also a typical folk instrument in other Central European countries, such as France. And uh, the interesting thing about it is that um, 
it works very similar like a, like a violin actually it's a stringed instrument so how you play it is not by the, the stick bow you know <laughs> but with a wheel bow which is inside like it hangs like halfway inside the instrument can you yeah. see it here when i turn it oh yes oh wow you, okay it's actually it's very delicate like it reacts to the tiniest of movements so wow. it's really just a wheel bow and then you have the strings on top of it and okay. um you have different kinds of strings for example the melody strings you know how on a on a violin you play with your with your left hand you basically press your fingers on the strings to shorten the strings Correct. so you can make melodies and here you have mechanical keys for that a little bit like on the piano okay okay yeah so with one hand you you turn the bow and with the other one you press on the mechanical keys but then because this would be too easy right we have to add other strings too <laughs> so this instrument actually also has bass strings where you can put a, a, a deep drone tone under the melodies that you're playing. So it gives you that uh, backpipe feel. And then also another special thing is it also has rhythm strings right here on top. And uh, Oh my goodness. <laughs> and they so work you can be like work. a one woman show with this, basically. You got it. Yes, exactly. You got it. And you actually make the rhythms by giving impulses while you turn. And I have to put it around around my waist to actually show it to you how it sounds so this is the bass not sure if the microphone picks it up and then the rhythm I am, I am transported. <laughs> I am I am now gonna be trying. I have a daughter. I am now gonna be trying to go, girl, you can be your own one-woman show with a hurdy gurdy. Yeah. <laughs> we're 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 buying you one. I it, I felt like I was in like Lorena McKinnon. <laughs> oh yes, you have a hurdy-gurdy too something. Yes, you so know what? I I love it. You're saying something very right though. You can be a one-woman band because it's actually more than one instrument. It's basically, basically it's a, a small orchestra. And the great thing about it is you can sing to it at the same time and move to it. Like, right, it's portable because <laughs> that's perfect. like one thing. Yeah, one thing about a piano, if you're sitting to the piano, it's, you yeah. know, and that's why they had to make the guitar, you know, for, for folks to, <laughs> to bring that keyboard is to yeah. the front. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I so it's something so hypnotic about that sound and mm -hmm. and I think it's one of the things that makes your vision such an interesting competition because we get the opportunity to hear sort of like these different genres and hear some native language every so often. So that makes me kind of think, you know, what were your influences like? I know you talked about loving metal music, uh but what kind of artists were you listening to growing up? Yeah. Oh, okay. One big one is Amy Lee from Evanescence. So that is a rock artist. And the thing I loved about her is that she's such a good pianist and she sings at the same time, which is actually a big inspiration for me and got me started on trying this because I, you know, I learned piano, I learned guitar, flutes and so on. And like you said, there was always something with these instruments that made it so, you know, I can't 
move on stage or you know when i play the flute i cannot sing at the same time and always something that bugged me and was like ah it's not the right one yet you know and then um uh, yeah so amy lee basically first inspired me to try piano and singing at the same time and later when i found the girl i was like oh my god i found it <laughs> i found my answer <laughs> and the sad thing is this instrument was extinct in germany wow. yeah in the last in wow. the last hundred years it was uh, dead for about 50 years or so and uh, people brought it back and i think in france it is still being played traditionally so there it was not extinct but in germany it was and it's so sad because it's such a great instrument and this should never happen again so <laughs> let's give it the big stage <laughs> I, I i don't hate the concept of that and i i mean again it's about bringing sort of these interesting sounds i think bringing things to life on the stage and so i know you can't tell us everything but maybe you can give us a little teaser of what we can expect to experience from you on the stage. So you don't have to give anything away, but just like, what do you want folks to maybe feel when they see the performance okay. going down? Yes. So um, the thing is, my song has a very uh, personal quite a dramatic backstory which i will get to in a second so of course i want to tell that story um but then also i, I keep joking about it and people keep joking about it to me about the wind machine because i actually love having you know a floor fan or a wind machine on stage because if i did not have that my hair would get caught in the crank so i actually need one. so this is not a secret i will have a wind machine <laughs> Um, and about the story to just um, explain to you what we're going to try to, you know, which story we're going to try to tell on stage is <clears throat> the the reason why I I, um, I wrote this song is actually, I don't know if you heard of it, um, my home and my um, music studio got flooded in 2021 and I, I lost my, um, yeah, I lost my home and, and the basis of my work, you know, my cameras were flooded all my guitars are gone yeah uh, so uh, that was quite a dramatic thing it was really terrible going through that but here comes the catch because as soon as i told my fan community about it uh, they were like oh my god for sure we help you and then within no time i was able to build myself a new studio again oh, so wonderful having this basis like the safety net of people that are just there to catch you was such an amazing experience because if you if you go through something terrible like that it's you know it can actually really it really hurt your psyche if you don't get caught by the right people and i had those people and i feel like everybody deserves to have those people right so i kind of wanted to give something back to them now and give them something which you know, gives them hope and this this uh, idea of rebirth. You know, you can get through the darkest time. It's not over. We can change everything and we can invent our future on our own. So this is basically what Melodies of Hope is about and the whole background of that. So, yeah. Uh, that's beautiful. I, I, I wonder what music maybe are you listening to now that you kind of... Uh, that gives you inspiration, uh, gives you a lift, maybe other artists or other songs, maybe a song that's stuck in your head that you can't get out. Yeah, so right now, basically, just, uh, okay, I just 
re um i i just found the stromae again it, he was a he's a belgian yeah. artist that was around like 10 years ago and now he just came back and popped up again with an amazing album which when i hear that album i cannot sit still he makes me dance like no one else can the stromae definitely yeah stromae definitely great i think a lot of people have been poking him saying why don't you represent belgium eurovision you know come on help them out maybe give yeah. them a win or something so so stromae has definitely been a floating around in in conversations of you know maybe representing uh belgium one day i i want to ask do you have any advice cuz i mean you're you're like what would we call like a multi-instrumentalist you sing mm -hmm. uh what advice do you have for creatives out there Mm, okay. Wow, it's very different, you know. There are so many ways to make music and it really depends on the genre too, so it's so hard to give one advice. <laughs> I would I wouldn't give the same advice to the uh, other, you know, to a different person. So, I think first of all, I think what is always true is get the message of the song or of the music across. So however you do it with whatever instrument feel it and then say it basically. I think that's my message. Well that's beautiful and I hope a whole bunch of creatives are able to watch this and see how you you've been resilient, <laughs> you've resurrected an instrument in Germany, we're bringing it possibly to the Eurovision stage we will see. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 will see. But thank you so much for talking with me today. Thanks for this nice interview. It was nice to spend time with you. Hey, Eurovision fam. It's Alicia Michelle. I'm on a roll, y'all. And I'm not alone again. And today I'm being joined by Will Church from Germany. You are going to be in the running to possibly represent Germany at Eurovision 2023. What made you decide to throw your hat in the ring? <laughs> Hi. First, uh, that's true. I'm part of it. Um, actually... Uh, I'm a big fan of the Eurovision Song Contest. I don't know since uh, since Lena Maya Landrut. <laughs> you probably know her. Uh, she won, and since that moment, I thought like mm, I want to be there too one day. But it seemed so far away uh, back then. And now I have a good song, and I finally had the chance to I don't know to throw my head in the ring. I love that. So what was that process like for you? Was there like an open submission process? Did you were you asked by someone when you wrote the song were you thinking about this possibly for your vision? What was that process like? Um the process, I'm not sure how much um I can tell about that, but I um yeah, I wrote a song and I thought it might be for your vision actually. Um, and then I read that I'm not back in October or November. I don't know. Um, the German Eurovision team uh, asked people to send songs via TikTok, uh, and I did that too. And it, like, I'm I'm probably one of the first who did that actually. Um, and I don't know. Some people watched it. Some people liked it. Um, they had it on the on the radar in a way. Um, and they seem to like it too, and so they, yeah, hit me up and asked me <laughs> if I want to join it. Now I will say you competed on The Voice, 
And and so you you've sort of been um, I would say on television there. But I wanna I wanna take it back. Do you remember the first ever like time you ever like sang and performed in front of a crowd of people? Yeah, I remember that. Um, the first time it was, I was about 14, 15. I had this, this little Justin Bieber haircut that everyone had. <laughs> I sang Chasing Cars with uh, Snow Patrol. Um, so also super easy on guitar, just two, <laughs> two notes all the time. Uh, and people liked it. And so I, I don't know, kind of, that kind of started my music career in a way. Oh, wonderful. And I mean, Germany has pretty a pretty rich history, I would say, of like Eurovision. Apparently, a lot of folks in Germany really do love Eurovision and tuning in. Um, you know, so did you grow up watching Eurovision? Uh, yeah, and I know you already mentioned, Lena, any other like performances at Eurovision that are like sort of etched in your mind? Yeah, sure. I don't know. Um, I think the German EC uh, community is pretty big um so and i'm always interested in music so that was i don't know like like the world cup or something uh a thing that i always watched with my family um even when i was a small kid um and the one thing i remember with when i was younger was uh lordy uh what did they sing uh, the heart bro hallelujah thing so back then i really liked that um and i always liked the the swedish contestants and yeah I don't know it's always exciting to watch I mean Eurovision is is definitely a spectacle you know here in the states not that many people watch it but I do feel like as time has gone on and we had the Eurovision movie there's definitely more Americans who are tuning in to the song contest and and so I I'm wondering, we already have eight songs for Eurovision. Have you heard any of the songs that actually are going to be competing for Eurovision 2023? Uh, not really, to be well, honest. I'm, I didn't hear many. So you're keeping focused on the German national selection. So I, I ask this question all the time. So if you've heard uh, some of the songs that you're competing against to you know, represent Germany, are there any songs in the German national selection this year that you're kind of like, Hmm, maybe I'd want to do like a remix of that or or kind of put the Will Church spin on this track. <laughs> this is such a good question. I'm I'm not sure if you if you saw my my, my Instagram post today. Uh, I'm about to cover one of the songs um, from the German contestants, and uh, I let my my fans decide. And now it seems like they want to see like a really big amount of my fans want to see me cover uh, Ike Hüftgold. Um, the, the Schlager, Schlager one. <laughs> well, that'll be pretty fun. I mean, I think that's yeah. like the other thing that's so great about Eurovision and the national selections. We just get so many songs, so many different genres. But, you know, maybe outside of Eurovision, is there a particular artist that you kind of look up to? Is there maybe a song that's currently stuck in your head right now? Mm, right now, I really love to listen to, to the new album of, uh, I think her name is Ray. Like, R-A-Y-E. I love the new album. I love that. Um, also, I'm generally, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Jacob Coyier and Bonnie Bear. I think their music never gets old. I can always listen to that. 
I'm a big Bonnie Vare fan. Uh, yeah. I remember, I remember when he won. So we just had the Grammys here in the States. And like, that's actually one of my like Grammy memories was like when Bonnie Vare won. Cause people were like, wait, who? So many people did didn't know. Too. Yeah. This was not this year, but yeah. back in the day, it was like his first Grammy. And, and Ooh. some people at the time were like, Oh, who is that? But I, I was, I felt very cool. Cause I was like, Oh, I actually yeah. do know, know. <laughs> um, who this is, you know? Yeah. So uh, you're preparing for this national selection. I know you can't tell us everything, uh, but maybe what was the process like for coming up with how you wanted to stage the the song? And is there any hint or teaser you can give, give us for like what we can expect from the stage show? Mm, we're still in the process um, of, of, yeah, do, doing the staging thing. Um, it's what I can tell it's completely different to my, to my music video. Uh, back when we did that music video, that was way back in summer. I was, I was not even planning on taking part in the uh, Eurovision. <laughs> so I just needed a video. Um, and, and I had that, uh, but the staging, I, I don't know, uh, how, how I should describe it. Like it will be mm, yeah, different from that. we we'll start dark, um, also kind of gotham like <laughs> in a way and it will get brighter and uh yeah it will, it will be cool i think okay well i'm gonna be looking forward to this i i i'm big on the staging but i also talk to people about the styling do you know what you're planning on wearing yet <laughs> mm, i'll wear my hat for sure that's that's my thing i always wear a hat uh, on stage um besides that i'm i'm not sure I will keep my long hair, I think. Uh, okay. <laughs> I will not or something. Like, yeah, it's maybe, I don't know, not sure, dark or contrasty white thing. I have to ask, so just this is my last question, but do you have any advice for maybe young performers out there that maybe, maybe do, maybe don't want to compete at Eurovision? What advice would you give them? Um, yeah. Um, first, if you don't want to compete, do <laughs> compete, it's cool. Um, and what I can tell, like I also took part at the Voice of Germany and I feel even the, um, yeah, the pre-selection, all this process since the day when we were like selected, when it came out, like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's so, it's such a massive, um, yeah, run from 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 papers from television yesterday i shot something with a with a tv show in germany and um they, people just seem interested and talk about it and that's that's pretty pretty nice opportunity for every artist so if you do uh want to compete uh just write a nice song um and try it try it just try it maybe it will work well i love that advice so will is telling all of y'all out there if you want to compete just do it like, just, just do, do it. it. Yeah, just come <laughs> well, on, do it. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and break a leg. Best of luck in the competition. You've got a great song. So that's that's the first the first step is just to have a good song. And you definitely do. Thank you. And maybe one day we'll see America taking part. I mean, Australia is still in it. I mean, hopefully that does not happen. <laughs> hopefully we mind our good American business. <laughs> Blood is bitter, sweet is bitter.
Hey, Eurovision fam, it's Alicia Michelle. I'm so excited today because we're going to be interviewing Chris from Lord of the Lost. I'm just going to kick off before we hop into the questions and just say, I, I, I feel like this is almost bizarre because y'all are coming with the styling, you're coming with the fire, and it's like, I feel like I'm getting to meet you like personal. And like I, 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 like I'm, I'm still living in the fantasy of that music video that I saw. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I totally get it. But you know, for for me, um, for me, there's like being authentic means two things at the same time. A stage is a stage, and private life is private life. And although this here now is connected to me as a stage persona. I, I would be I would feel weird like I don't know wearing some kind of Halloween costume sitting here in my living room and talking to you with, with makeup on and all that stuff so a long time ago I decided that I want to approach to our listeners our fans in both ways so that they understand me as a stage persona and also can like me as a private person that I am so I, I have nothing to to hide and you know there's like zero makeup and really nothing that's it well you know what same zero makeup you know i'm just coming here as my natural self <laughs> and you look great oh well thank you so much okay let's hop into these questions so how did you meet all of your bandmates what was the process like for that uh, let me take a sip of my little mermaid uh, teacup first so um well um, I started this band a long time ago. I, I started writing songs as some kind of solo project back in uh, 2007. And two years later, or in the process of these two years of songwriting, I realized that, I, sorry, that's my mobile phone. I realized that um, I need a band to go on stage. So I just asked, like, within the circle of my friends, if someone wants to join the band. And then we had some some changes within the first years because we started off as a hobby band. We didn't have any, you know, we, we didn't plan anything. We just did music for fun, the music that we loved. And so when things got more serious and started to be more of a job, of course, then some things collide with, with the life expectations of some people because they're like, I, I can't be a professional musician. I need to follow a different path. So and then some things changed. And for seven years now, we have a super stable um, lineup. Um, is that a right word, lineup, like like band lineup? Um, and yeah, they're all friends of mine. I, I met them at different places, but we never ca casted anyone like professionally. It was always just people that were close to me or close to us. And yeah, that's the most important thing because those four guys, they're not just my bandmates or colleagues, they're my best friends. And I think this is what makes us very strong as a band. Do you remember your first ever, and this might not even be with the lineup, maybe it was even when you were a kid, but do you remember your first ever live performance? Yes, it must have been in kindergarten on a, the cello. I'm a classical cello player since I'm five. I must have been five or six or something, and there was some, I don't know, evening for the parents, or like after, afternoon probably, and I might have played some weird kids song, kids melody, I don't know, on a cello, but yeah, I, I remember that. I, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> what inspired your song? Did you write it thinking, oh, hey, maybe we'll have the opportunity to possibly represent Germany? Um, yeah, what was the ethos for your song? No, I'm I'm just looking if I have it here. Um, 
like there's two things that inspired me. I don't have it here right now. There's a book by um, the music photographer Mick Rock that died two years ago, who was a photographer of like most of the musicians in the early 70s, mainly in England, like David Bowie, Debbie Harry, Queen, uh, the Stooges, all these artists. And so he was making this photo book that represents this and this early real glam rock era from the early 70s and that book was called blood and glitter and i got this book like 20 years ago 15 years ago and i find found it so inspiring already back then and i felt like man why why not just like yeah take this title and kind of breathe it into life like not that it's not alive anymore but you know the glam rock era is kind of it's, it's so long ago and it was so inspiring to take the title and when i wrote that song um i started writing with a friend of mine from another band another german band we were like Let, let's write a song and i told him about the idea and he said to me it, it was like way before we even thought of like putting that song into the eurovision contest thing but we just thought that how would that song look like on a big stage, like the Eurovision stage? So we wrote that song always with the visuals in our head. Like we start off with just the voice and the piano, me in a ray of light, and then hell breaks loose. And then you go down to, to, the, to the first verse and it's a little dancey and blah, blah, blah. You know, all the things. So it's so funny that actually this song where we were like trying to imagine it on a stage like Eurovision, not necessarily Eurovision, but something like that, MTV Music Awards, whatever, um, became that song. So, yeah. Do you have like a first Eurovision memory, like something of Eurovision that you're like, oh, I remember like this moment watching the song contest? Yeah, I remember like many moments of me being a little, uh, being a kid or even a toddler, maybe just like because we watch it with my parents every time um when when it still was called like grand prix eurovision and so on you know and uh yeah so i'm i'm 43 years already so i i've seen many of them so i'm a little older than than most of the other singers uh, from the other artists in germany this year and um but since i was a kid i don't remember one single artist so so and then i moved out from home when i was 20 and so for a couple of years, Eurovision wasn't cool, but you know nothing wasn't cool back then for a while. So and, and then I kind of came back with Lordi uh, in 2006, I think, uh, from Finland. And this, this was like, oh wow, what the hell? And and in the early 2000s, Eurovision has changed a lot. So there was way less Schlager music, and especially from Germany, and uh, way more pop and electro acts, and like the old. The visuals were getting stronger and stronger, and yeah, then I kind of kind of got hooked again. And since then, I'm following that every every year. And we try to be part of it with a lot of lots for many years. We always like, you know, just filled out the application. And uh, yeah, this year it worked. Shifting gears a little bit, what song other than your own songs is currently stuck in your head? Um, you know what I'm doing right now. I'm I just did it like until one hour ago, and I will um, continue doing it tomorrow. I'm co- we, me and my keyboard player on the piano. We are covering all of the songs of all German contestants 
and putting them online day by day. Two are already online because to, to kind of, I don't know, you know, it's a sign of respect to the others and it's interesting to kind of dive into it and see how much you can feel it. So right now it would be Hold On by Will Church because it was the, the one I just sung like an hour ago. But in general terms, it would be Once Upon a Dream by uh, Anitza Russo because it's like just from my personal taste, which no matter how professionally I, I try to value things, of course, like personal taste always wins in terms of what you like most. Um, it's Maybe it's the one that's closest to me. This dark pop mixed with this weird James Bond soundtrack kind of thing going on there. I, I love it a lot. When you were a kid, what was an artist that maybe you really looked up to, idolized at all? Yeah, what did you listen to as a kid? I, when when we're talking about Eurovision for a moment here, it would be ABBA. <laughs> this was like one of the one of the things in the vinyl collection of my parents. But the biggest band for me always was, still is, and all, always will be uh, Roxette. It was my first ever record. It was my first concert. I even have the date of the concert tattooed here. It was the 24th of October, 1994. And uh, yeah, they were the reason why I started wearing nail polish in school or eyeliner, because he did that. I didn't even know that there was something like gothic back then. I I didn't grow up with alternative music. music. I grew up with pop music. I got into metal and alternative music later when I was 18 or something, 16, 17 maybe. So I started like wearing eyeliner school with 13, 14 years back then already because of him, of Per Gessler from Roxette. And I started to make my hair platinum blonde and wear like sequin things on stage because of her. And um, yeah, it's still the band that I love most, I think. What's a yeah. language do you like the sound of, even though you maybe don't know how to speak it? I just, um, just a couple of days ago, I watched many, many videos about the autonomy of, uh, is it Swahili language with all these clicking things? And I was like, wow, because I like, I saw one, one person in some documentary about different African countries and some of those people was were interviewed in that language and I was like I need to know how to write it I want to know what those things mean if it's part of the alphabet or if like it's like different uh, sounds have like I don't know different meanings or whatever so I really got hooked into that and ended up like on a four hour YouTube marathon about click noise languages not does don't mean it disrespectfully but like to describe it like that and i think that's a language i i'm yeah it's so fascinating and and i'd love to speak that i tried but me with my german way of forming syllables and stuff like it was impossible for me to do it yeah that's really cool i was actually watching as mundane as it seems the real housewives of um durban so in South Africa, and like two of the women are like Zulu, and so they'll oh, yeah. it, you'll it was, hear it, them talking. It was, it was Zulu. It wasn't so so. Yeah, it was Zulu. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah and right, so, so they're talking, and then you hear the clicks like in the midst yeah. of them speaking, and I'm like, and I'm like trying. I'm like listening. Like, hold on, real quick. And they're like, mm, you, you know, I'm like, hold on. How did you say the thing? 
and the click is coming like while you're saying the thing i'm like i can't figure it yeah and, and and sometimes like what some of these clicks are very hard really like and there's different like some in the front some in the back some like it was fascinating and no yeah, yeah so yeah. cosine on that what is the biggest lie that someone has told you i th I, th i think i have i think i have one I, I just needed to, to check the the English word for it. I found three. It's catkin or pussy willow or willow catkin, willow cotton. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> my mother told me when you take these things, and like for the Germans that are watching, it's uh, Weidenkätzchen. Uh, those little furry things, if you put them... Uh, I don't know, if you keep them warm somehow, like little cats will come out of them. So I put them on the heating and I don't know, like in my bed and under some pillows and nothing ever happened. I never, never got a cat out of them. So yeah, no, no kitties out of catkins. Well, that's an interesting word. I never, pussy willow. Great. It, so it sounds like, I don't know, pussy willow could all also be like, The name of a porn star maybe yeah. i think it actually might already be i'm sure some <laughs> stripper down here in alabama has figured out that yeah. like that's the name yeah <laughs> what is the most useless thing you ever learned in school i think if i i would still go to school i would tell you differently because uh, uh, with some things i discovered later that i actually need them like math <laughs> in school i thought like i it's i, I would I, I will never ever need that again. Wow, it's um, oh, that's that's really hard to say because I'm the kind of kid that I, I didn't understand anything like really good, like math, because it was the only thing that was hard for me. But I really enjoyed school, so it's really hard to to find something useless. But the use. Maybe yeah, I, I know I know what I was like. I was told by many teachers that I'm asking too many questions, and they asked me to shut up and told me that I have to learn to shut up in some moments. And I could totally understand that when I like was disturbing and was like doing bullshit, being the class clown and stuff. But telling me to shut up when I really had something to discuss where I could learn something, maybe the rest of the class as well might be the useless thing someone to I completely agree with that. I too was that child. All right. I'm curious about your answer to this, especially because you are a little bit older or like the young people, it's like I can almost predict the answer that they give. But what is your favorite social media platform? <laughs> Uh, like I'm, I'm the kind of person, and my fans already know that I, it's super hard for me to pick favorites. It's really super hard because I have, I have different paradigms on these things. Um, I think in terms, let me evaluate this in terms of respect and the most disrespect, the the, the, the least disrespectful platform for me right now with, with the friendliest, most the most friendly comments and stuff is Instagram. Because it's a to-go app, mainly. Of course, you can use it on your desktop, but most people use it just on their phone. So on the phone, they're too lazy to write, like, long hate speeches and stuff. 
YouTube really bad. Facebook can be really bad because people sit at home, sitting at home, being frustrated, getting all those bullshit out of them. So I think it might be Instagram because it's like people just like hateful people don't take their time to put their stuff in there. And I'm all about empathy and being nice and about respect. And even if I don't like things and even if I really hate something personally, I'm trying, not always succeeding, but I'm trying to find a way to let the other person know that in a respectful manner. And um, this is why social media kind of feels like It's sickening me. It's poisoning my brain by all this hatred, all the all, all this hatred. So I think it's going to be Instagram, just valued by valued in terms of hate. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to answer some of these burning questions for folks. And of course, we're all going to be rooting for you. You've got one of the you're y'all are one of the front runners for Germany's national selection. And people are so excited about Germany's national selection this year. So we are looking forward to all that that stage show is going to offer us. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. It was really interesting questions, different questions. I like that. Well, I was going to, like, I will say there's a question that I ask everyone that I did not ask you because basically you're already doing it. And what I was going to say was if you could steal any one of the competitors at Unser Lied for Liverpool, what, one of their songs and kind of put the Lord of the Lost, like spin on it, but you're already covering everyone's song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, if, if I would have to choose one and really like go to Liverpool with it, it still would be the song of Anitza Russo because yeah, it's, it's the one I've, I feel the most. Well, dope. Thank you so much. Thank you.